This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, Indiana Jones Schlock Knockoffs. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. So in 1981, Raiders of the Lost Ark comes out, and everybody just flips their lid over this film that is like nothing they have ever seen before, except it's based on a bunch of stuff they've seen before. And it comes in on time and under budget, and it ends up being the next Star Wars in that it's a mega blockbuster. As a result, other filmmakers say, well, I can do that. I think doing a knockoff of this is going to be easier than doing a knockoff of Star Wars that requires special effects. Here, I just need somebody dressed in brown to, you know, jump into rivers and, like, run from snakes. A lot of bad films got made trying to make some money off of the interest in the Indiana Jones series. So that's what this week's show is about. All the knockoff crap movies that came out of it. We're Gen X, so we really know how many bad, schlocky attempts at Indiana Jones there are. And we share what we found. If you know of something that we didn't cover, dude, you've got to let us know. Uh, Mac Huge on Twitter, Magnificently Huge on Facebook. All that other stuff, you know, it's at the end of the show. We, I don't like to front load you with this. I mean, we do ad-free for... Cro- wow, am I still talking? Pack it up, pack it in, let me begin. What? (laughs) Oh, we all had energy all at once. That was crazy. Yeah, we shot our energy. different energy. Yeah, we shot the energy all at once. Good day. Are you awake today, Eric? Magnificently huge podcast. I am Eric. Yeah, are you awake? Hi, Eric. Sound off. I'm Chris. I'm Brian. I'm 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 awake. I'm going to talk over everybody today. How's that? What you boys been up to? Uh, oh. stuff. What have you been up to? Work. We, uh, I think we were things. talking about work from home and Ugh. the, the impossibility of being happy in the next year. I, I still think that this whole, uh, COVID crisis has been the happiest time of my life because <laughs> I've got to stay at home. I didn't have to be unemployed to stay at home. Yeah. I got to be around my wife and my dogs and, 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 uh, yeah, it was great. And places were delivering groceries. Fuck yeah. It's, Everything's So been there's awesome. a big difference. Yeah. yeah. And and I think this goes for all of us. Like none of us have had to deal with working from home and having little kids that can't go to school. Right. 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 So like for those people, this has probably been awful. And I, every now and then I have to get on a call with one of those people and get to listen to their, their screaming kid in the background. But usually I'm just I'm kinda with you, Eric. I'm I'm fine. We're yeah, good. Yeah, my my, my, my boss's kid apparently is a Fortnite freak, and somehow that kid's computer's in the same room as my boss's computer. Oh, so like, no, guys, turn you. it down. No, guys, turn you. it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still, I, I, you know, I am an atheist, but I have to admit, you know, after the last year, you know, after praying that we wouldn't have to go back to the office and then magically the Delta variant happening, I, I'm starting to have my doubts about my doubts. Yeah. Well, it's it's been fun 
working at home with my wife because I've been upstairs, she's been downstairs, and we just meet in the kitchen. So it's literally the same schedules. We don't see each other most of the day. But <laughs> to have background noise, uh, she likes to keep on the TV. And we, before we cut her cable, she would watch uh, channels that would play like Hogan's Heroes all day. And once we cut cable, she couldn't get that. So I bought her the box set of Hogan's Heroes on DVD <laughs> so she could continue to do that. So she's literally like, I'll be up here working, and every now and then I'll just hear, dun, 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 dun. Wow. Chris really <laughs> did find the right woman for him. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, job. she's Good your job. lobster. Yeah, really? <laughs> so that's always fun when you can hear the Hogan's theme just sort of wafting up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> Time. You know what I? You know what I have the box set for. You just reminded me. Huh. Soap. Remember Ooh, that? That's that next. One time? That's we next. Were, yeah. All high. All watching a a uh, a, a a marathon of soap. Like, it was like New Year's this Eve. This is right? the story of two, two sisters. sisters. <laughs> yeah. Jessica Tate and Mary and Campbell. Campbell. These, these are, are the Tates, Tates. And, and these, these are the Campbells. And this is. And this oh, wow. is. This so, is so going on. Da, Sorry, everybody. Hey, everybody. Uh, anybody watch anything new? Like any, any fresh shit? <laughs> this shit is fresh. Oh, shit. Yeah, Chris. Chris has watched some fresh shit, and he wants to tell you all about it. Right, Chris? Uh, I do want to start. I, this has made me laugh, because we, I, as I texted you guys we finally, after four months of being on a waiting list because manufacturing schedules and uh, supply chains are so screwed up, uh, we finally got our windows in the house replaced because of the freeze. And we noticed mm. that single pane windows suck balls and don't protect yeah. you from shit. So we said, that's the first thing. on the list. So we, we had them come out and they replaced all the windows. But in our front bedroom, we've got a bay window set up and it has like a, a bench seat thing uh, built in. Sure, and they re- and we had him. Re- Don't look in the window seat. Yeah, oh, well, it's right. not a window seat, but it's like it's basically like a, a like a giant ledge that you can sit on. So we had him replace okay. the wood covering on that, and the guy <laughs> came back from the bedroom and they're doing. He's like, I don't know if you want to throw this stuff away, but th- there's a coke can in here. Literally, like when they built this place in 1986, the lazy contractors just stuffed like an old Gatorade bottle and a can of new coke. <laughs> In the bin before they shut it all up, and it's been in there for like thirty-five years. <laughs> was, it, was it still sealed? Can of new coke? No, no, they were empties. But we were looking oh, at it. I'm okay. like, and my wife's like, "That's a can of coke." I'm like, "That's not just coke. That is new coke." And it was like, "Whoa!" Because that thing didn't last very long, and it just that's a Good. that's a time capsule I have. So we started sell that laughing. thing on eBay. I bet you could probably sell it to some crazy collector uh, who's got Coca Cola yeah. paraphernalia. Well, she looked it up. Like the Gatorade bottle was actually glass, not plastic, and you could see the old logo emblazoned on it. And my wife just for shits and giggles looked it up on eBay, and apparently <laughs> we could have sold it on eBay for like twenty five bucks. We're like, what <laughs> the hell? This is something wrong with you people on eBay. That's yeah, funny. Uh, but new Coke, it's like, that was a blast from the past. That was just <laughs> stupid. Hey, Bill Cosby wants you to drink it. Because the thing is, you see, they're <laughs> oh, pudding bombs yeah. with the pops <laughs> at the pudding. And they're uh, pudding. I'm just saying, if Bill Cosby wants you to drink it, you probably shouldn't. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah, you're gonna, at your own risk. You're going to yeah. wake up in a few yeah. hours going, why is my vagina hurt? Yeah, you, really, you don't want to do yeah. that. New Coke, now with more fentanyl. Yeah. 
Jeez. Okay. <laughs> so that was that was just a surprise. Uh, but other so you than, had your windows done. Yeah. So other than that, uh, the only new thing I watched, and I'm not sure if I'm on board yet, but I'm going to give it a whirl uh, as they come out. But the Disney Plus stuff now has the What If series from Marvel, yep. which is just like a uh, animated version of the What If comic, where they pose all of these weird questions and. If the first one is any indication, I'm not sure if I'm on board because it was stylistically amazing. The animation was great. Uh, the action was fun. But their what if was what if Peggy Carter actually became the person. Captain Britain. Yeah, became the person ejected with the super serum through shenanigans and then became yep. uh, Captain America, or in this case, Captain Carter. And then the skinny Steve Rogers ended up using a robot suit designed by Howard Stark so that Steve <laughs> was the first Iron Man and then they fight Nazis. Yeah. But it beat for beat, it was they just took the first Avenger and shrunk it down into 30 minutes uh, and did that. So it was like they used a lot of shorthand to get through it. I'm like, if they didn't have the first <laughs> movie as a template, this would not have worked. It would not have worked at all. Right. Well, yeah. but that's the whole point, right? It's like, how can we retell the same story with a with a twist yeah right i i watched it too um my my general impression of it was i wasn't a big fan of the animation style um but i was a huge fan of the character design of captain carter yeah because i don't think i have seen a take on a female superhero just beating the shit out of bad guys Gleefully. In the same way that yeah. a male superhero yeah. would, right? So. There's no like, here's the feminine twist. Nah, she's just she's just beating the shit yeah. out of Nazis, and that was actually a refreshing take. Well, what was distracting was that uh, the the way it was animated almost reminded me of like the rotoscope stuff that Ralph Bakshi would do, because mm -hmm. uh, it was just they, it, I don't know, the, the fluidity of it sometimes seemed a little it bit. It did too, look very heavy metal. Yeah. Uh, no, it looks like Borderlands, Eric. It looks like it looks like actually it's it's a CG render with a tune shader on it. Yeah, yeah. which was weird. Uh, but when she comes out of the super serum pod, uh, and suddenly she's like an Amazon. I mean, it was like because you know how like in in First Avenger, yeah. Steve uh, basically grows into like six foot something, and he's all bulky. They did the same to her, but she almost took on like the the vibe of like one of R. Crumb's uh, Amazon drawings. But like the big busty women that just are giants that he likes to ride their back, you know? I mean, that was sort of the vibe that I had. And it was sort of disturbing that that was where my mind went when I was watching it. So it was strange. I'll have to see if, what they do with some of the others to see if they just repurpose that deliberately or if it gets a little bit more loosey-goosey. You know what I mean? I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Uh, you know, it's been pointed out, not erroneously, that, you know, ultimately this is a merchandising play, oh, right? Yeah. Now they can sell Captain Carter toys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Well, I mean, um, it's, it's nice that they did it just because, let's face it, Peggy just got shafted in the whole deal to yeah. the MCU. Yeah. I mean, they gave her that stupid TV show, which was terrible. And didn't no, the first season of that show was good. The <sighs> second season, they got cheap. Like, it's well, like they, they yeah. I think they learned their lesson. Don't have a TV show with, you know, an indefinite ending. Give them yeah. a season and right. end it. Well, the thing with the... Like these limited series are much more focused. Yeah. Well, the thing with Agent yeah. Carter, too, that was still back when 
Marvel had the TV division, but they weren't tying anything into the movie canon. Like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't understand right. how that show lasted so long because anytime they tried to do something interesting that reflected the movies, the movie department would be like, no, fuck you. Just stop. Yeah. You're not allowed to do that. It's like, why? It's like, that doesn't make any sense because we already brought Coulson back. We need to tie this in yeah. somehow. Nope. Nope. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> it's like, and it just got just dumber and dumber as the seasons went on. And I finally gave up. I think this what if is actually more like methadone to get you off of your addiction to the original Captain America, the original Iron Man. There you go. There you go. Like, who are they going to make Black Panther, I wonder? Who becomes the Black Panther? I think his sister. I I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I I mean, I think 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 that's what's going to happen in the movies. The tech genius sister. Oh, yeah. But in the movies, the tech genius sister. And, you know. Yeah. I wish that they could, you know, like do some kind of DNA regrow and get... um, Michael B. Jordan back because he was fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, apparently he's he's actually playing Killmonger in What If in a future episode. I see him in the trailers. Yeah. And that's the fun it. thing about about this to me is that they are they're doubling down on the actors or at least their likenesses, you know, and wherever possible their voices. Yeah. Uh, from the movies, so it's like it's like hanging out with your buddies, you know. It's it's definitely <laughs> yeah. that. Well, when Stanley, uh, I'm Stanley I'm down Tucci. with what if it lets them go go nuts, yeah. right? Well, when Stanley Tucci shows up to do the voice of the Doctor, uh, that's when I'm like, oh, they're really committing as much as they can to oh, yeah. this. But I couldn't tell if the if it was actually Hugo Weaving doing Red Skull or if it was the guy who played <laughs> no. Hugo Weaving in Endgame doing. It was Hugo the Weaving. guy from Endgame. So it was, yeah, it was all very disconcerting. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that was Hugo Weaving, yeah. but it, but it was, yeah, it was, it was fun. It's not, it's not inoffensive. Yeah, uh, it's inessential. Yeah. I got okay. A what if? Uh, what if Bruce Banner uh, was suicidally depressed? And so it's like every five seconds he tries to hang himself, he turns into the Hulk. He tries to shoot himself, he turns into the Hulk. He jumps off a building, he turns into the Hulk. Every time he yeah. does, it's like basically. Our, our our old film Teen Suicide don't do it only it ends with him turning into the Hulk each with time. the Hulk that <laughs> or yes yeah, or, like or there's like a whole montage of him just trying to put a bullet in his brain <laughs> and turning yeah. into the Hulk yeah. and then you just like do that over and over and over yeah and he he does he, he even tries to do the I'm not doing anything I'm just shoot myself in the head <laughs> yeah and he starts paying other people to assassinate him without him knowing right yeah. and it still and, doesn't work right well no he, goes he, he tries that once he tries that yeah. once yeah and he crushes the the assassin like a tomato yeah <laughs> and this is how you bookend it you get the the first avengers movie right at the city scene when he shows up to fight the big bads and then says that's my secret i'm always angry <laughs> and, and to use that as the bookend for the for the montage flashback yeah right he's angry because he can't end this yeah <laughs> oh love it okay what else you got chris that's really it it was a slow week because of all this other bullshit i had to watch for eric's idea for yeah the show so i'll leave it at that what about you brian what'd you watch oh i'm i'm, I'm up to my elbows and fresh shit here <clears throat> Go. Um, all right. I got a public service announcement. So I, I rebuilt my PC earlier this year because, you know, sometimes you got to do that. And then there's an article on Kotaku.com 
reporting on how the Gigabyte P750GM power supply can just burst into flames, that these things are clearly a defective product and they've been getting dumped into the market. And I'm looking at this and I'm looking at the videos they link to and I'm like, oh, is that the power supply I put? Yes, it sure is. <laughs> So, if you have a Gigabyte P750GM power supply, get it out of your computer before it explodes. Um, mm. So, I got to do that this week. That was exciting. Uh, but actual fresh shit. Uh, thing, things to, uh, to watch and whatnot. So, I, I'm weak. I'm weak and I'm lame. And I realized that because I subscribe to Apple Music and because I pay the extra buck uh, for a little bit more storage so I can back up my phone to iCloud, I realized that I was basically already giving Apple the amount of money that per month for my family that I could be giving them to get their big huge bundle deal and get yet another goddamn streaming service with crap to watch, and so now I have Apple TV+. Plus. Are you watching Ted Lasso? I am not watching Ted Lasso, okay. but I did start watching Schmigadoon. Okay. Uh, Exclamation point. I was wondering when you would get to that, sir. Yeah. Schmigadoon. <laughs> it's like Taylor made okay. it, It's Taylor made for me. It's Taylor made for Eric. Like, okay, so when, when we were all in drama class in high school, there was a moment where the, the drama teacher's daughter suggested that we do a production of Wyoming and we're all like <laughs> what? And she's like what you know W-Y-O-M-I-N-G Wyoming right <laughs> Schmigadoon is kind of that it's Wyoming it's yeah. um for the record Barry Sonnenfeld directed yeah. go ahead for the record she was trying to tell us to do Oklahoma for those that right. don't know musicals. But somehow she had a song in her head called Wyoming that was, yeah. that's she the part she sang that's, it that was the best part beautiful Anyway, uh, so Schmigadoon is Barry Sonnefeld directed, stars um, Michael Key, is that his name? Keegan-Michael um, Key. Keegan-Michael Key, um, and Cicely Strong from, from Saturday Night Live. Um, it's, it's very much got the production design uh, influences from old 40s musicals and also kind of from also Barry Sonnefeld directed uh, Pushing Daisies <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, but our two leads play a, a couple, um, a married couple that's kind of hitting a rough spot in their, in their marriage who accidentally end up trapped in a 1940s musical. And the Keegan Michael Key, like, hates musicals, will not participate in any of this, but the whole town (laughs) is, is a musical town. And so, like... Somebody says the words corn pudding, and then somebody else goes, Did somebody say corn pudding? And then the whole company in the whole town, Corn pudding, corn pudding, corn pudding, you know, and, and we're off. Um, <laughs> Which is literally like every he's musical. Just like, yeah, and he's, and Kiko Michael Key is just looking on in horror, like, Oh my God, I'm trapped in hell, right? Um, Alan Cumming is the mayor of the town. Um, the preacher's wife, well, the preacher is Fred Armisen. The preacher's wife is, um, um, oh, I keep forgetting her. Kristen Chenoweth. Okay. Um, and Martin Short turns up at one point. Uh, so, you know, fairly, fairly high profile stuff. It's silly, but it's fun. I, I, I'm having a good time with it. I think, Eric, I think you'd get a honk out of Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon. Eh. I'll probably see it someday. 
Yeah, probably. Somewhere. Anyway, I'm only I'm only just getting started with it. It's only six episodes long, and each one is like a half hour, so they could actually mount this thing as a stage play, I think, if they wanted to, and they probably have that plan, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, apparently Apple TV Plus Schmigadoon. At least I've got three hours worth of something to watch on Apple TV Plus. Schmigadoon. <laughs> I just want to keep saying that. <laughs> Schmigadoon. I'm like, but the thing is, if, 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 if they do it as a TV show, and you mm-hmm. like the TV show, and then they do it as a staged musical, why would you go to the staged musical for the thing you already saw as a TV show? Just and for the energy of the live performance? The TV show like you're probably not interested so why would you go to the play well i mean that's like saying i watched hamilton on disney plus and why would i go see hamilton live it's a different experience that's kind of yeah. what i did or or spam a lot right i mean yeah <laughs> I mean, it's i i mean i i only have like another 30 years on the planet and i'm pretty sure that tickets are still going to be hard to get for hamilton you know <laughs> And not no, they might drop off once the Burr musical comes out. You don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and so then let's talk movies. Uh, so I I went out to the theater yesterday. Yeah, that was an experience. I bet you I know what you saw. Here we are. It is. Of course you do. Uh, I but yeah, we went and saw Free Guy. Yeah. Right. We but let's let's talk a little bit about going to the theater. In Arizona in August of 2021. A lot of protesters, a lot of, you're not going to get no mag, really? A lot of denial, just everybody's acting like nothing. Yeah, it ain't just a river in Egypt, man. It ain't just a river in Egypt. Just, just, you know, we, we go into the theater and we get in line to get our popcorn and the guy in front of us, grown ass man, you know, in his late 20s, early 30s, you know, turns around, spills a little bit of his popcorn on the floor, bends over, picks up the popcorn, and eats Ew. it. Like, even <laughs> pre-COVID, you don't do that. God. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> Five-second yeah. rule, dude. So, Five-second rule. <laughs> so then we go, you know, and I'm like watching them, and they go they go into a different theater. I'm like, oh, thank God, because, uh, yeah, yeah, right? Really? And so then we go over, we've got our popcorn, we go over, we're like getting our straws and our napkins. There's this couple over to the to the side, and, and the woman is just coughing full face, not covering in any way, shape, or form, just coughing straight into the oh, air. God. You know? <gasps> and Ooh, and we go in, people? and of course, these are the people who sit two seats to our right. <laughs> so we move. But yeah, it was just like uncomfortable. So, like the, the amount of people just not giving a fuck so is, do, is not great. Do your theaters in Phoenix, do they do the assigned seating? Like you, you pick them at yeah, the, the thing? Yeah. Okay. But you moved But anyway. we pulled up the sales. We pulled up the sales seat chart and saw that nobody had bought the seats, you know, to the side of us. So we oh, just scooted gotcha. over. Okay. You know. Tricky. The miracle of cell phones. You know, I had a thought. I had a thought. Okay. For all the people who are like, I'm not getting vaccinated, you know, the, the, uh, it's just, you need to let it run its natural course or whatever. Mm-hmm. We yeah. should, wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. I don't want to say it's public. Come over here, guys. Shh, come over here. Okay. Let's get, okay. Okay. Huddle up. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here's, gonna, yeah, here's my plan. Okay. Here's my plan. We're going to go on Reddit, right? And we're going to, we're going to start a, we're going to start a rumor that, uh, if you get COVID-19, it makes your dick not work. Okay, 
and then all these people are gonna be like what what oh no and then they're gonna get they're gonna get vaccinated see huh huh uh, yeah. No. Uh, no. 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 Yeah. You don't no. think that'll work? I don't know if that. Or no. or or you're kind of hoping that these people kill themselves off. I there's definitely a piece of me in that place at this point. I'm kind of like in the fuck 'em stance. But yeah. <laughs> they're the problem is that they're incubating new variants of the virus now, and they're you know putting the burden back on the rest of us. And so, yeah, I kind of want them to feel the pain. I got no problem with all of the the companies now coming out and saying you need to have proof of vaccination or well, something, you know, to do stuff. And I know there's a black market for fake vaccination cards, which is obnoxious. Yeah. People are paying four hundred dollars for fake vaccination <laughs> records when they could just go get a fucking shot for yeah, free. Yeah. How to tell me you're dumb without actually telling me you're dumb? <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, it's so ridiculous. Well, if money s- well spent. The uh the ads making the the way out here a lot on like Pluto TV app and whatnot are from the Lincoln Project where they're going after DeSantis and Abbott, and it's basically showing a kid wearing a mask, and it's like something along the lines of "This is what your kid could be doing in school," and then they dissolve into the scene where it's the kid on the intubator in the hospital, like just mm. having the thing pump, and it's like, and this is what will end up happening to your child at school. <laughs> it's like, basically, it's just, fuck you, Abbott. Fuck you, DeSantis. I mean, it's like, we're fed up. <laughs> and that's literally where we are. So, so let's segue from that to, to frothy summer film Free Guy, Free <laughs> starring Ryan Reynolds. Guy. I like that they, they market it as like a, a totally uh, unique and original IP. And then it is. they got greenlit for a sequel, which Ryan Reynolds had the, <laughs> the no. temerity to tweet about, going, that's really interesting that a movie that has marketed itself so long as an original IP now gets a sequel. Wait, they mark, they're they going with a sequel because there's no need for it. Yeah. This is a complete story. It didn't have an end credit scene. It's just a movie, guys. It's just yeah, a movie. Let alone hey, Brian, be. cash, cash, yeah. money, greed, uh, super, cash. So... Free Guy, Free Guy is one of the last, the last movies, big movies that was going to be uh, put out by what was once 20th Century Fox before they got bought by Disney. And now they're called 20th Century Entertainment, which is interesting because it is not the 20th century and hasn't been for a couple <laughs> decades <laughs> Yeah, now. but that's their mindset. Um, that's where their mindset's coming from with all the sequels fair, and the remakes fair. and the reboots, yeah. Well, well, Free Guy though, Free Guy is very much a 21st century movie. Uh, what you've seen the trailers for this, I assume. Yeah. Um, Ryan Reynolds is basically playing Buddy the Elf, but as a video game NPC um, who becomes self-aware in a sort of cross between Grand Theft Auto and Fortnite or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like a cross between Elf, Ready Player One, and They Live. Right, okay. in which uh, you know he gets the the glasses and can see what's really going on and become self aware. It is how do I put? This is a movie made by by people who actually are respectful of and get and are accurate with video game culture as it exists today. Like this is a movie for people who are in the video game culture, and it doesn't talk down to them. It reflects them properly. It's it's better than it should be. I mean, it's not 
Look, it's not great, okay? It's still <laughs> the movie you think it is, right? You've seen the trailer. You pretty much well, know what to expect. It's, when I see the trailer, it gives off a total R.I.P.D. kind of vibe. It's like, we're doing Ben in Black, but they're dead. I mean, that's kind of the thing, you know? It's That's just sort of the way it feels. It's like, it's all very familiar, but at the same time, it's different. I don't know. It's its own thing. I mean, the the use of the setting allows them to just put all sorts of ridiculous action in every shot, but it's all background, right? Like, there's just tanks and explosions and rocket launchers and crazy shit going on at all times, but it's just, you know, the environment in which these characters live. Um, and because it's all set in an, in an online game world, it's inconsequential. So you'll, you'll forgive it if all of the action seems weightless and meaningless because it is right. Mm. And that's the point. Okay. Um, I had a friend who worked at Blizzard and I asked her once, if you, if you created a character who just sat in like the central mall area and promoted peace and everyone bought into it and stopped fighting shit. Would Blizzard kick your account out? And she was like, oh, probably. And it oh, sounds yeah. like that's and what this movie is. <laughs> well, it, it, it is. And that's that's actually part of the plot. So Taika Waititi is the, is the CEO of this game company. And he's awesome, by the way. He steals every scene he's in, both in terms of his character, his tone, and his wardrobe. Whoever dressed Taika Waititi's character did an amazing <laughs> job. Um, but that's exactly what they're doing. They're like, okay, just boot this player, find this player and get them the fuck out of the game. They're ruining everything. And it's like, we can't, it's not a player. It's an NPC and they don't know what it is for a while. Right. So that's actually like, they've thought this thing through and it's ultimately on some level, it's a movie about the eventual future singularity in which artificial intelligence becomes self-aware. Uh, on some level it's, I don't know. It's 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 not trying to be anything other than a three star movie, you know, with a lot of <laughs> shit on the screen. Yeah. But it's got its heart in the right place. It it does what it's trying to do really well, and there's a lot of fun cameos and the jokes land, and it's like a big cotton candy. You eat it and you you feel a little bit of regret, regret, but it's passing, you know. Okay. <laughs> I seem to remember before uh, Deadpool, like. Every Ryan Reynolds film was an argument for why Ryan Reynolds should not be in movies anymore. Pretty much. <laughs> and he'll even say so. You know what? If it were not for Deadpool, yeah. would this film fall into that collection? No. I mean, it's still Ryan Reynolds doing Ryan Reynolds shtick, yeah. but it's uh. sincere. And I don't know. I mean, at this point, the guy has won me over. Right? He's just, he is what he is and he knows what he is. He's a movie star. He's got this character. It is the character of Deadpool. I mean, they literally had a promo for this movie, which was Deadpool and Korg doing a reaction video to the trailer for Free Guy. I don't yeah. know if you've seen this. Well, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Reynolds has his own marketing company. So he pretty much helps market the movies he does now, which is awesome. But I guess the beginning of the first trailer for free guy was basically from the studio that brought you aladdin beauty and the beast and the jungle book twice and he said that was a hard <laughs> sell he said disney did not want to do that because they don't have any humor about their own product and he finally won him over but it took him a long time and a lot of phone calls to get that done so. yeah no i for mean one joke for yeah. one good joke but yeah. for one joke he he manages to get another good Disney joke at Disney's expense into Free Guy. Um, 
he he does. But anyway, <laughs> I won't spoil it. Um, it's good stuff. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think I think a younger <clears throat> contingent, people in their twenties, are gonna love this thing because, like I said, it's reflecting their gamer culture in a um accurate and not condescending way. Um, although although there is it's a throwaway line, but you know all of the all of the cyberpunk badass, you know tough or or hot characters that are players are all, are all revealed to be like 10 year olds playing in their you know <laughs> <laughs> on their computers right that's accurate. and and you know at one point there's a character that that's controlling another character and he's like you know having this big moment and his mom's in the background like vacuuming and he's like mom fuck now you have to do this now god and she goes there is no god you're 22 years old and you still live in my house (laughs) (laughs) also true (laughs) so you know they have their fun anyway free guy you could do worse ask Um, ask for it by name it's still not the best movie of the summer i think that's still the suicide squad but free guy is perfectly fine okay all right all right eric fresh shit what do you got yeah uh okay so Great docu-series on Netflix, Cocaine Cowboys, The Kings of Miami. Have you watched? <laughs> no. Fuck. Oh, you gotta watch it. I'm, I, I, I give this two, two huge thumbs up. It is, it is, it's great. It's, okay, it's two guys, um, Sal Magluda and Willie Falcone, who are just these two, you know, high school asshole buddies who get into importing cocaine into Miami. And they're not too smart about hiding the fact that they're multimillionaires. And they they become <laughs> like they're champion. in Miami. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> champion speedboat racers. And everyone is going, Wait, how do they afford this? How do they afford these homes? How do they afford these boats? How do they? <laughs> and, and they're just like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. F- fuck you. You know, <laughs> this, this series turns into uh, like, you know, the, the government chasing them down. You talk to the, the prosecutors and the journalists at the time and the people who are working with them. And it sounds like just another, oh yeah, some people are selling drugs and now we need to bust them. This thing takes so many like wacky twists. It's really worth watching. I don't even, I don't want to spoil any of it, but I was, I was watching this going, okay, one, this is wildly entertaining. I mean, just the whole, Miami in the 80s thing is great and then Mm -hmm. it just starts going weird and you're like this is a documentary it's like no no this happened this happened (laughs) holy shit compare it to the lady in the dale is it is is which is more entertaining uh it's it's better than that Uh, I thought the lady in the dale kind of dragged though the one thing I liked about the lady in the dale was even even con 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 women criminals have the right to some dignity and uh tucker carlson's dad is a cunt that's right that's yeah <laughs> the only difference there uh but yeah it's very good really watch it it's very good um the the other thing i watched i actually watch a bunch of shit but i'm gonna limit it um because this is fucking uh okay i don't know how to recommend this this is this is a movie that I was like, oh, I'm, this looks good. I watched it all the way through, and when I got to the end, I went, how did I watch that entire thing? 
because it was like it was schlock. I'm sorry I'm looking at the back of the box on the video cassette I don't know how to re- recommend this how did I watch the entire thing Eric yes. <laughs> yeah it's schlock it's schlock but it's really entertaining schlock because it's not American schlock this is German schlock and it's um it, 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 it's in German and English because some of the characters are English speaking but all, none of the English speakers sound like their dialogue was written by somebody whose first language was English to start with. <laughs> the movie is called Blood Red Sky, and it's about a woman who's a vampire who is tr- going to America for treatment with her son, who's not a vampire, on an international flight that gets hijacked. And so she's freaking out because she's like, you know, this is supposed to be a red eye uh, I, I want to land in America before the sun comes up, uh, but now these terrorists are fucking things up, and <laughs> she, yeah, yeah, she she turns vampire. <laughs> she ends up like sucking down some uh, uh, terrorists. The whole thing just goes nuts. It is, it is so wow. awesome in its in its execution. <laughs> it is so schlocky. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, that sounds like a five-minute movie. Terrorists try to take over the plane. Vampire bites their necks, turns to the rest of the to the passengers, and says, "Nobody fuck with me." Yeah, and we're done. There's fucking Nosferatu on this motherfucking plane. This, this <laughs> again. This movie, <clears throat> this movie structurally is really smart because it has three or four different actual acts. Things actually happen where you go, "Oh wait." That whole thing I was concerned about like a half hour ago, that's no longer a thing. This is. And Mm. it is, in in that respect, brilliant. But it's so, oh my God, it's vampires on a plane. I I mean, that's, (laughs) it makes me think of like Passenger 57. Like if you got actually uh, Count Dracula in there so that he could do the line, always bet on Vlad. It's actually a long version of the the plane sequence from World War Z. Okay, uh, where there's one uh, there's one zombie and then there's a fucking lot. Um, and these vampires aren't you know they they follow some of the rules they don't follow some of the other rules. This is one of those vampire movies where it's basically they're they're zombies that drink blood. Okay. Um, but anyway, all of that aside, there is one actor Alexander Shear who is the most over the top, like horrible, can't take your eyes off him actor. I mean, he is he's an East German actor who's in this film. I've never seen him before. He looks vaguely like David Bowie. And he is so over the top. You don't know what over the top is anymore until you see this movie. <laughs> he does this this thing where he's like threatening this person with a knife, and it is like he's literally doing dance. No one was there to tell him. Bring it the fuck down. Or if they did, he threatened them with a knife because he was just way <laughs> over the moon. See this just for him. Or if you can't stand that, go to on YouTube and look up Alexander Shear, S-C-H-E-E-R on YouTube, along with uh, Blood Red Sky, just to see this wacko. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, it's, it, it, it's like, I don't know. It's like the natural extension of the Nicolas Cage school of acting, I think. Only it really makes him look sedate. Okay. God damn it. See this, see this film. That's all I can say. Even okay. if you have to like fast forward through it. It's, it's funny. And by the end of it, you'll go, 
What just happened? <laughs> That's what I got. Back Always of the box. A true what just happened? Yeah. Eric Reed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that it for fresh shit? Yeah. Fresh goes better. So fresh is the now we're moving on to this week's topic, which is uh, the 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 Indiana Jones knockoff uh, uh, genre. And, Time and, for adventure, <laughs> as I like yeah. to call it, Indiana Jones and the Jones clones bunch. Yeah, crickets. Uh, and I I think I think this is an important genre because it teaches me why I really not only didn't like these films, I didn't like. Raiders of the Lost Ark all that much, frankly. I thought, you know, there was, well, that first Raiders, that was good once. I can't rewatch it. I don't like the sequels. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any fealty for adventurers adventuring, you know. Yeah. Um, Rip-offs of the Lost Ark. What well, I think is oh. funny, though, is, yeah, is that Raiders is basically a take on those serials from the 40s and 50s, and at least it wears that um inspiration yeah. on its sleeve these are knockoffs of the knockoff, a knockoff? yeah yeah these are the and, like, and like the it's like the louis vuitton bag knockoffs you get at the swap meet that's kind of what right. you get with these right it's like it's like getting a a um i don't know a a real fake rolex i don't know yeah. um <laughs> But yeah, these well, films are in are really interesting in their horribleness and their weirdness and their their sheer need for money. Oh, and and I I don't think it counts if they didn't take place in the eighties because there are all yeah. sorts of things now still that harken back to Indiana Jones, like you know anything Tomb Raider, yeah, or the Mummy. But right, yeah, these were literally people who only knew that this thing made a lot of money like a year or two ago. We need to make one of our own. Right. I mean, I, I guess what, what I got out of this, you know, and, and I, I'll, I'll bring one of the, exa- the examples. I think possibly one of the best ones of these knockoffs uh, is the first um, King Solomon's Mines oh. starring Richard Chamberlain and Sharon. <laughs> that, would you say one of the no, best? I'm saying, like, you're saying. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm saying at the top the of a sh- sh- pile yeah. of shit. <laughs> is this piece of shit? Well, the thing okay. with, with King's Office Spies um, is it, it literally just apes everything from Raiders of the Lost Ark, even though it's sourced from a novel that was written in the fucking 19th century that they already made a movie of in the yeah. 50s. Right. It's so right. astonishing. So it's, yeah. it's the Alan Quartermain, um, you know, s- serial novels or whatever. The. Um, and they they shot two of these things at the same time apparently, yeah. but with two different directors. But, but, but um, worth, here's the worth thing. Pointing out here's from the, the thing I want to say. Okay, it's a canon <laughs> film. Yes, it's a canon film. This 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 kind of proves the point. Like the the source material, the 30s serials were schlocky, right? And were kind of done on the cheap. And Raiders of the Lost Ark works because it was directed by Spielberg, and he took schlock you know, and, and took it and polished it as much as it could possibly polished. And this is what happens when you do that schlock with anybody else, right? Well, <laughs> so. What's so stupid, though, about King Solomon's Minds is the director's Jay Lee Thompson, and he had already done some straight-up bona fide fucking classics of the cinema. I mean, Guns of Navarone, 
And the guy ends up doing his late career with this shit, Death Wish 4. I feel so bad for him. But he's the only reason. I mean, Richard Chamberlain aside, he's the only reason that King Solomon's mind minds looks competent in any way, shape, or form. Until it yeah. starts to unravel at the end. Because by the time you got Chamberlain and Sharon Stone in a giant cannibal pot rolling down a hill, you're like, this is just, this has gone over the edge. It's jumped the shark. It's beyond the beyond. Uh, oh, it's not the, Yeah. That was never the worst part for me. What stands out in my mind as the worst part of this movie was Richard Chamberlain walking into a train car full of German soldiers, <laughs> exactly. somehow getting them to not kill him by playing a tambourine and going, hey, let's party, let's sing, Doodah, I'm, I'm the entertainment. Yeah. And they're all like, yes, this sounds like a good idea. Who wants to sing 99 bottles of beer on the wall yeah. while we're at Well, it? that whole thing, that whole train sequence is basically like they just sat there going, okay, we need something to fill 15 minutes let's just do a train sequence. And it's literally like, he'll yeah. jump from car to car. He'll blah, 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 blah. I mean, it was just so wrote by numbers so bullshit. This is, I don't know if this is her first film role or it's certainly one of her earliest. It's yeah. Sharon Stone. Mm -hmm. And apparently she was cast by accident. Apparently, <laughs> that goal, makes perfect they, sense. They offered they offered one point five million dollars to Kathleen Turner, who turned it down because it was too much like romancing the stone. And Golan uh, had said to his his team or whatever, "Is like, get me that stone woman," meaning the romancing the stone woman. Yeah, <laughs> and they end up with Sharon Stone. Well, that's who can not act no, at least not at this point in her she's career terrible in this and the whole thing i think the the second one because they filmed them back to back alan quartermain and the la city of gold she was so miserable be terrible because she basically learned pretty quick that this was i think she got sold a bill of goods and that was not what she'd signed up for and that's where her reputation for being difficult on set started to to generate because mm. she was just not having any of it. And I don't blame her. I mean, stuck in Africa for mm. like a year and a half or whatever. Come on. It's, it's she's, she's awful. She's just got awful. Now the only two people who are any good in this, I mean, Chamberlain, Richard Chamberlain is, is, you know, at his TV movie best here. Yeah. And and then John Reese Davies, uh, from Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. shows up as our bad guy, and he's chewing scenery all over the place as he does. Yes, yeah. and don't forget, uh, you know, uh, Chief Inspector Dreyfus from the Pink Panther series, Herbert Lom, <laughs> shows up right. as the German baddie. Oh yeah, uh, it's oh yeah. Just, uh, what's worse is the it, sequel, like James Earl Jones shows up, uh, and then later El James Earl Jones. El and Elvira. <laughs> And I, I tried to watch part of that as well for, for this. And I'm like, Alan Quartermain and Lost City of Gold is literally like the Conan, the destroyer of the Alan Quartermain movies. I mean, it's just <laughs> that bad. I remember thinking, what is Richard Chamberlain doing here? I mean, really? just like, never mind the fact that he's got a career, you know, like maybe he wanted to branch out into action or something. I don't, I don't know. know. But. He he'd just done like a couple of years earlier Shogun, which was the biggest thing in the world at the time. And Thornbirds. Don't forget Thornbirds. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He owned the miniseries in the eighties. Yeah. So yeah. There's no yeah. charisma anywhere in this movie. It's terrible. terrible. But Brian, I think you you mentioned to me what I think is actually the best uh in this collection, which is romancing the stone. Agreed. This is okay, that's in the fair, 80s, that's fair. It is it is a straight-up knockoff of Indiana Jones, but from the perspective of a romance writer, 
you know, so like she makes up Indiana Jones for a living and then she meets him, which is a running theme for a couple of these films, but very well paced, very well acted. Uh, If you want to see, you know, these two when they were young and awesome, see this film. Yeah, so this is Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner, directed by Robert Zemeckis right before Back to the Future. Yeah, might add. Mm -hmm. Well, he was coming off. Danny DeVito. Well, Zemeckis was coming off of some, let's say, not well received movies, even though Used Cars is one of them, and that's just a stone cold Mm -hmm. classic. Jet genius. Yeah. Uh, And he didn't know if he was ever going to work again. And so he had pushed against doing such a total just studio popcorner until he finally just decided yeah he got talked into it by Spielberg and then that's what got him back to the future and the rest is history so it's just strange and it mirrors what Spielberg did with the original Raiders because he's coming off of 1941 a giant flop uh, but then he's also coming off of Close Encounters and Jaws which went over schedule over budget so nobody in Hollywood wanted to fucking hire him and he was like I'm never gonna work again and so George Lucas to the rescue. Hey, here's our James Bond. Let's do this. And so he makes Raiders of the Lost Ark, but he promised, I'll get it on schedule. I'll get it under budget. And he did. And his whole approach to that was, I'm just going to, like everybody else here is working on an A movie. I'm, this is my B movie. I'm going to make this my B movie <laughs> and just not <laughs> give a shit. And he turns out one of the best movies of his entire career, in my opinion. And so it's weird <laughs> that R- Romancing the Stone sort of mirrors that sort of vibe. Yeah. To a, de- to a huh. degree. Romancing the Stone is the story of a romance writer who gets a call from her sister saying that she's being held captive in Colombia for a map that uh, was sent by her husband to Kathleen Turner. So Kathleen Turner has to come to Colombia with this this treasure map. And so she goes to Colombia. She gets uh, uh, sent to the wrong place uh, because somebody wants to steal the map and gets rescued by this adventurer uh, played by Michael Douglas. <clears throat> who's not an adventurer. He just wants to fucking get out of there and leave me alone, lady. I, what? I, no, I'm not here for you. What? Stop it. It's basically one of my favorite heroes, the reluctant lazy guy. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and so they, they end up on misadventures and Eric. they fall in love, you know? Well, what's funny too, is that uh, Danny DeVito was one of the first choices for Sala, John Reese Davies character in Raiders. But his agent wanted too much money, so they said no. Hmm. And so then he basically takes the same type of role in Romancing the Stone, <laughs> and then the yeah, rest only is history. Funny, yeah, yeah. But oh, and his just... brother is the guy who's famous for putting an ad in Variety every week, saying, "I'm an actor, hire me." Yeah, but he was just he just had a lot of money because he was so good funny. at selling couches or something. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the whole movie just from start to finish. I just I remember seeing it in the theater. I think my mom took me to see it, and I loved it because it's got all the beats, and the characters are fun, and they take some time to sort of breathe a little bit, which a lot of these other movies don't want to do. It's like very few of them yeah. actually mm-hmm. take the time to develop character, kind of give the audience a little little introduction, and then get to know them, etc. Uh, but this is one of the few instances where they said, yeah, we're going to do characters and it's going to be fun and people are going to enjoy it. Yeah. I think the thing is when you're a producer of schlock, you think people are there just to see explosions and train yeah. scenes and junk. Yeah. And when the writer says, you know what, uh, if you give me five minutes, I can make people like these people. <laughs> yeah, the schlock really, producer really. says, get out of my fucking tent. You know, yeah. <laughs> and the actual producer has actually already called the guy in to say, can you make these, uh, 
characters a little more fleshed out, please? Yeah. Which I think is the biggest uh, distinction for the Raiders movies is that they're not really about the stunts and all of that, which they're part of it. But the only reason they're so successful is because Indiana Jones as a character portrayed by Harrison Ford, directed by Spielberg, produced by George Lucas, is like an actual entity. They give him foibles. They give him dreams. Yeah. He actually has an arc yeah. in every single movie. Whereas the rest of these, it's like, here, here's your dude. He's punching people. Stuff explodes. He finds the trinket. The end. I mean, that's literally well, the movie. First of all, Harrison Ford. I mean, this is Han Solo is was what put him on the map, I guess. But but really, this was a movie that was like perfect for him. And I know Tom Selleck was actually originally even filmed in the in the role. Yeah. Um. But but Harrison Ford just is this kind of character. He's just got all that charisma, and they paired him with Karen Allen. Raiders of Lost Ark really congeals at the moment where she holds up the amulet and says, I'm your goddamn partner, right? Yeah. After they burn things down. And and I think that that is what you're saying, right? It's like these characters um, have these histories, have this inner life, have this personality that's just lacking. Yeah. In all of yeah. these knockoffs. Well, and it's not like some yeah. of them don't try. Because that awful one you made us watch this week, Eric, that, what was it? Hunters of the Golden Cobra. <laughs> that, yeah. it's, that Italian POS. <laughs> Holy shit. It's like, right? I, I turned it off after 15 minutes last night. Because I'm like, I just, I can't. I really can't. And then this morning over coffee, I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll revisit. We'll see. It melted Eric's face off, he says. So we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> and it literally takes him 30 minutes to get into the actual, like, plot like the quest it's like 30 minutes of preamble and then you find out they're searching for the trinket uh and so they try to do some sort of camaraderie backlog story but none of it clicks it's just all just boom 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 get to the next point get to the next point get to the next point and then you're done (laughs) i'm like and that's really indicative of like everything else that tries to ape the indy jones stuff yeah the only difference is the best example of the the bad version of these films oh yeah you know, not just Hunters because the it's bad. <laughs> yeah, not just because it's bad and not just because it's a knockoff, but because it's Italian. Yeah. You know, the Italians are, are they, they, they do schlock in their own very peculiar way. Yeah. I was trying to think of a type of pasta so that we could say like an, <laughs> an Antonelli actioner, you know, yeah. the same way we have a spaghetti Western. <laughs> right. This is a, a, um, it's uh, just, this is a, 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 a tortellini adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just, just shit. It's so, it was just so strange from start to finish, but it, it was less Indy Jones as it went on. It was more like, uh, like a sixties world war two actioner, like men on a mission kind right. of a deal. It came like, it became like right. a guns a macaroni of macaroni combat. Yeah. A macaroni combat, but with, uh, an Indiana Jones. Yeah. yeah. But it had all the trappings, you know, it had the, the jungle, it had the weird natives, it had the cave with the stuff, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. So it, it borrowed heavily. I think it's, yeah, it's worth pointing out now that we are now going to devolve into some of the shittiest films ever made. Oh yeah, this is not get better, folks. Because it's all downhill. The known ones, yeah, the known ones and the worth talking about ones. We've we've completed that chapter. Now yeah. we're going to see some silly shit. Well, I would like oh, to boy. just address just briefly the uh, the television landscape from like 1982 to 83. Tales ne- of the Golden Monkey. Yeah. Oh, that, I love that show. That and the Bruce Boxleitner <laughs> one from CBS, Bring Him Back Alive. Like, they hit almost at the same time because the 
the, stu the television studios realized, oh, we need to cash in on this bullshit, and it doesn't matter if it's terrible or what it looks like. Mm -hmm. We're just going to make it in the 30s, give the guy a hat, and do some stuff. I mean, that's literally right. all it is. But Tales of the Gold Monkey, man, that is so bad, yet so intoxicatingly fun but to me. I, I was in junior high, I, I think? Was that junior high? Because it was like 1982? No, I was still in grade school. And yeah, it's like sixth grade. I, 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 I remember that, that loving that show. And every week I was like, no, I've got to watch a show. This show is awesome. And it had that sort of, um, well, it's the same person, same creator, same team behind Baba Black Sheep. And so right. it had that very exactly. contained exactly. weekly, well-produced look. And it's a guy with his own plane and a drunk mechanic and some British broad who's there for some reason all the time and a dog with an eye patch and they have adventures and then they they're cleaned up every week and I was like I love this show I love this show and it only lasted one season and I was so disappointed and then as an adult I tried watching one and I was oh oh tales of the gold monkey fuck yeah I'm going to watch this and I realized why it only had one season yeah. Because only someone in si in sixth grade could possibly exactly. find this entertaining. This, exactly. This show is in a nostalgia black hole for me. You guys have brought it up on this show before. I have no memory of commercials for this thing, let alone Ooh. the show. <laughs> Nothing. This is one of the shows that I quit Boy Scouts for. Because the Boy Scouts met on Monday nights. <laughs> and it, if I did the meetings for Boy Scouts, that meant that I couldn't. Uh, watch Square Pegs and Tales of the Gold Monkey, yeah. and so I said, "I think mm. I think you made a good choice." <laughs> yeah, sir. I do too. As, I do speaking too. as someone who ran like like with his ass on fire from the Boy Scouts, not because I was raped. Uh, you know that's that was a good move. Yeah, but I'm glad you brought up that it, it was exactly like uh, Black Sheep Squadron because yeah, that's the total vibe that like mixed with with Magnum PI because uh, the main character like narrates every episode like magnum mm. does in his cases and it's so obnoxious when you watch it as an adult Stephen j cannell yeah. right that's it Stephen oh. j cannell right oh, so does yeah. he have any other joint. shows named after a color and an animal just curious <laughs> uh hardcastle and mccormick i don't know <laughs> <laughs> the so, red right. beaver so, um, so, so yeah. movies, uh, I'll, I'll cop to having raised the specter of this one. Um, the perils of Gwendolyn in the land of the <laughs> Yik Yak. Yeah. No, I already had that Ooh. on my list because holy cow. This, yeah, this is, and, and bear in mind, again, Italian. But From the uh, director time, of Emmanuel, yeah, which should tell yeah. you something about this yeah. movie. <laughs> Italian erotica. Yes, an erotica guy did did big one. Yeah. This is so like bad. a this is a cable classic. This is literally like one of the movies you stay up until two AM to watch because it's literally just half naked women <laughs> for the entire duration. Tawny Katane in an early role oh, as girl with boobs. It's so um, weird too when you look at it because it's definitely aesthetically uh, oh, pulling fuck. from stuff um, like Flash Gordon, from it's, yeah, uh, it's Barbarella, Crawl, or or Logan's Run, or yeah. something, right? Well, it's, it's got a full-on Barbarella vibe when I watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's just like start to finish. It Hello? knows what it is. It knows it's high camp, and it doesn't care. It just it commits. I I don't know. I I think the advertising for this movie is more derivative of Raiders of the Lost Ark than the movie itself is. Yeah, like it starts with this kind of you know Orientalist crap but then it quickly devolves into just what the fuck ever 
when they get to the land of Yik Yak and there's yeah. like topless women in chariots and and shit and yeah. whatever. It's sort of like if uh, yeah. if they made Tintin as an adult movie, uh, that's what you would get. You would get Gwendolyn. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, just known as Gwendolyn outside the States, I guess, but just really, I think, a disservice to a film that should be called The Perils of Gwendolyn in the Land of Yik Yak. Yeah. Well, how else do you know what you but get? Anyway. How else do you know? Uh, <laughs> so, have either of you watched the Jackie Chan ones inspired by indie? Uh, Armor of God was like 86, followed Mm-mm. by Operation Condor, which I think came out like 90, 91. I've seen Operation Condor. So much better. I didn't think... I- I never thought of the Indiana Jones connection. Well, like, Armor of God literally opens with Jackie Chan as his treasure hunter character in some nondescript jungle somewhere, stealing an artifact from a bunch of natives and then escaping. That's like the the pre-credit role. Uh, And then you get the the plot, which is, you know, some other find the mysterious mystical doodad and get chased by people. Uh, It's really not notable except for the fact that the fight scenes are Jackie Chan fun. So they're awesome. But Operation Condor is way more Indy Jones because it's like searching for Nazi gold in the North African desert. And like the whole climactic fight scene is in some old Nazi bunker, but they've got some sort of wind tunnel experimental chamber. And there's a whole fight scene done where they're flying through the air and sticking to walls and doing this because the fans are so intense and it's so much fun. (laughs) But other than that, it's like, I just... There's nothing to suggest that it's an Indiana Jones thing, but it always gets lumped in. So I just had to bring it. Okay. I I haven't seen either of those. I, I I'm aware of Operation Condor, but that's as far as I get. Well, it's no Firewalker. We'll just be blunt. Okay. What is? <laughs> this is true. How can you get Lewis Gossett Jr. and Chuck Norris be as bland as they possibly can on on screen for 90 minutes? From the director. Oh, but this is, th- yeah. but this is no, no. This is them trying to do comedy. Oh, they're oof. wacky. They're wacky adventurers. It's so and, terrible. And, and who's funnier than Chuck Norris? Louis yeah. Gossett Jr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they do the, like. There's a running joke through the whole movie where Chuck Norris can't shoot for shit, and so it's always a joke when he tries to shoot somebody dead and he keeps missing. So Louis Gossett Jr. has to do it. But there's one scene in in a cave where they're being attacked and. Chuck shoots one and then they literally do like a 30 second ricochet noise like a Looney Tunes cartoon until the guy fucking ends up dead. I'm like, that is your signature scene for Firewalker because nothing says, just give me a fucking break like that. (laughs) It's just so terrible. But it's another canon film, right? Yeah, it's the same guy that directed uh, King Solomon's Minds, J. Lee Thompson. Uh Wow. Quite the career in the 80s that fella had. Did did they also use the same James Horner soundtrack for it? Jerry Goldsmith, <laughs> or Jerry Goldsmith? I'm sorry, yes, Jerry Goldsmith soundtrack. Yeah, uh, for it, probably. Because yeah, probably. You know. Okay, I bounced off of this one so hard. Like I, I, I remember the ads in the paper, you know, when the movies were out, and I'm like, eh, I don't need to see that. I remember the box in the video store. Eh, I don't need to I see bet that. I know what you're gonna <laughs> say. I bet I, I know. I don't think you do, because then I, I tried to go just watch clips of this thing off of, like, YouTube for, to prep for the show. I couldn't even make it through the clips, man. I'm just, it's like, it's like so boring it repels me. Like, I just okay. <laughs> I went nowhere with it. And it's what not What did you Jake think Speed? I was going to say? What? Jake, Jake Speed. 
I, I know nothing of Jake Speed. What? Oh, <laughs> but okay. You just described it, Brian. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jake Speed. All right. Oh, let's sorry. hear it. Huh? Tell us your let's movie. Let's hear it. What, what was it? Yeah. No, I was talking about Firewalker. Oh. I, I, I oh. was talking about Firewalker going. <laughs> I thought you were transitioning <laughs> yeah. into another. No. Oh. Eric and I, well, I was trying to actually talk about the topic, okay. which was Firewalker. Eric and I totally and I, like, thought you cannot... were like, well, there's this movie, but here's the other one that I want to talk about. Oh, That's no, what we no, thought. Yeah. Okay. no, no. I'm still on Firewalker. I just, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I interchangeable these things are. Shit yeah. About Firewalker yeah. at all. But you I, did I, you uh, did you did describe 1986's Jake Speed. <laughs> almost to a T. Like, <laughs> every kid phenomenal. I knew was like, oh, that film is so awesome. And then you tried to watch it and you realize, no, it's it's that's, not awesome. That's because when you try to boring. watch Jake Speed, like the first 30 minutes is literally just white slavers stalking women in Paris. Uh, and then the plot kicks in. It's like, what in the fuck is going on? And then you find out it's basically Jake Speed is a pulp character uh, by these two guys who basically just lend their services to go do adventure stuff so they can get background for their novels. It's just, it's the most ludicrous fucking plot. Yeah. And then at some point, Jake Wayne, Speed comes alive or something. I don't remember. Yeah, it's Wayne Crawford is some guy you've never heard of who also uh, wrote and I believe directed this pilot. No, no, no. He just wrote it yeah. and or co-wrote it. And Dennis Christopher is his partner in crime to come up with book ideas Yeah, because they're such horrible writers, I guess. They need to have actual adventures to write about. <laughs> yeah. And John Hurt yeah. going, oh, my God, what am I doing here? Making and, a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. The most, the most memorable is John part of this. Davies play in Jake Speed? Uh, yeah, he should be in here. Yeah, but. He's solo. Yeah. The, the most memorable part of this movie is that the bad guy has a staircase that he does, you know, he like presses a button and it turns into a slide and people go sliding down the staircase into some uh, uh, knives that chop them up into little bits and dump them on into the uh, tiger cage to feed the tigers. And, and, and John and John Hurt says, beats the hell out of tender vittles. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh. It's like. Just awful. Well, uh, yeah. Another thing of note, nobody will care, but the the love interest in Jake Speed is also uh, the love interest in the Jim Carrey vampire flick, whatever that thing was called. Once bitten. Yeah, she was the the high school girlfriend. Oh, wow! You're right. Nobody did care about <laughs> nobody, that. I told you, Good nobody job, Chris. <laughs> I told you. Uh, so. Did it's like it, they just wanted to make these adventure films and they really had, they didn't care like, like what they were making. It's almost like the way science fiction turned into. Yeah. You know? Well, the most irritating one that I found for these 80s ones be, is because they tried to do it as a straight up just goof on the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. And it was the Further Adventures of Tennessee Buck. Uh, <laughs> and it, that the last one on my list. Yeah. And oh that, that thing is just. That is like shoving knives into your eye sockets for 90 minutes. I mean, it's just so, yeah. so fucking terrible because it's not funny, but you can tell they really want it to be, and it's just obnoxious. Oh, And, and it I, tells I, you I, how I long it takes it. to make a movie because that was 1988, and yeah. Raiders was 81. Yeah. So at some point, somebody's like, Tennis Tennessee Buck, he's got a state, he's wah, got a wah, name. Wah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like somebody like wrote Mad Magazine and just stole the idea. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> I, kind I, of the gist. Yeah. 
And, oh. and, and, and it's not like they almost kind of were cognizant of the fact that this wasn't good enough to be the first film. Let's make it the further adventures. This is like <laughs> yeah. the third or fourth sequel to this idea. Oh, it's so, it's terrible. so bad. Which also reminds me that Temple of Doom and Last Crusade are also, uh, let's be real, uh, just weird versions of Raiders of Lost Ark because they're the sequels. Yeah. Uh, they're still way above any of the rest of these that we've talked about on this list. But they're also just weird, pale mirror images of Raiders of the Lost Ark when you get right down to it. Uh, so it's, it's a law of diminishing returns. By the time they get to King of the Crystal Skull, I was just done. I'm like, no, just you should just yeah. stop now. Stop now. But oh, everybody was one. just done. But yeah. yeah, now like 80-year-old Harrison Ford is coming back again <laughs> for, you know, quit. whatever, <laughs> you know, quit. catheters of the Lost Ark or whatever it's going to be called. Uh, um. Uh, so what else? If it weren't for the Crystal Skull, we wouldn't have nuke the fridge. That's all I can say. That's true. So what other we needed that? What other gems did you find on your list, Eric? Or have we covered the basis? That was my entire list. We've okay. actually covered everything I had. Oh, thank God! Nice, including <laughs> Hunters of the Golden Cobra, yeah. which I will never <laughs> forgive you for, sir. As long as I live, as long as I live, I'll never forget you, neither. <laughs> uh, did somebody say corn pudding? Okay, with that, I think we've wrapped up yet another successful uh, deep dive into a genre that doesn't exist but should yeah. the shit action movie. I'm sure you've seen one, especially if you're Gen X and you were like up at three in the morning watching Skinamax, hoping to see some titties, and you wound up seeing something else that resembled one of these. We you gotta the tell us about it because we did some digging for these. <laughs> but if there's more, we want to know about it. Yeah, we're at magnificently huge on Facebook, mag huge on Twitter. Uh, 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 our, our, our website is magnificently. Is it magnificently huge or mag huge? I can never remember. Maghuge.com. Maghuge.com. Yeah. You can write us at magnificentlyhuge uh, at gmail.com. Like us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We need the help. Give us comments, even if we suck. Especially oh, if we, we suck. suck. Especially yeah. if we suck. Yes. Because <laughs> those are the funniest. Uh, uh, and uh, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>